Hey, you are listening to The Workplace Theater. This is the podcast where we go behind the scenes of corporate real estate, talking to industry experts about how they shape the next generation workplace. I'm your host, Sabine M. And in today's episode, I'm speaking with Kitty de Grotte. Kitty is a product and interior designer and design lecturer. Hi, everyone. After a bit of a different format with the specials that we presented in the last three episodes, I do have a guest today, Kitty de Grotte. I hope I pronounced her name correctly. That's perfect. Great. Good to know. We met in Amsterdam, where she gave a really great presentation around creativity and innovation in the workplace. And as this is a topic that I'm always very curious about, I asked her to come on and share some more about that. So hi, Kitty. Hi, Sabine. So I know what you do, but for our audience, could you tell us what your role is? And I think you were you are wearing many hats. I'm wearing quite a, quite a lot of hats, but it all comes down to... Um, yeah, the discipline of design and creativity. I'm writing about workplaces, quite a lot of workplaces, learning places. And the last few years, I did quite a lot of research into uh, innovation, how to stimulate innovation and creativity. It's part of my own profession. My profession is uh, industrial design, product design, and later I did interior design. And I lecture in design and entrepreneurship in design. Uh, the other hats I have is I'm running a studio. And we uh, our main mission is also to stimulate creativity. And therefore, we have different types of studio tools. I would call them uh, furniture tools, which stimulate you to exchange ideas, to exchange knowledge, to make the social interaction at school or at work more effective, but also more joyful. So we have our own portfolio of products and we frequently advise or design offices, uh, workplaces, but also schools. And it can be the total office, but sometimes it's also just uh, one room is really to stimulate the interaction, the creativity. Who are your typical stakeholders then? When you look to our portfolio, it are the interior architects, it are the uh, space planners, it are the, the furniture suppliers, the dealers in principle in between. When you look to the interior offices, it's often just the final clients. And then we try always to have a broad audience on the side of the client to work with. Have you noticed lately that roles or organizational structures in workplace design have changed? A hybrid is doing or hybrid, uh, hybrid working. I mean, COVID has had this impact, especially in the role, the function of the office. You come down to the office to exchange knowledge, to meet your colleagues, to be connected to the organization, to build on the culture. So that is where before it was really just a place to work. It's now uh, the main function of the office is to support the uh, social capital and it's the, uh, it's the main intellectual property an organization can have to distinguish themselves from the competition to be successful into the market. That on the side of offices, when you look to the side of the education, you see that creativity is very important. 
as it has been proven that children who are stimulated in the development of creativity will be more uh, assertive, uh, they will be more confident, uh, they are more flexible, which is very important nowadays as the yeah, the market is so complex, uh, it's uh, many interpretations and continuously changing, so you should be able to adapt yourself in the context. It's not the strongest animal, but it's the most flexible, joyful animal who will survive. So it's not the lion, but it's the monkey who will succeed. So it's good that at schools where you're preparing people for the next generation workspace, that they are able to, uh, to feel themselves good in the workplace and to be effective in that workplace. You mentioned creativity. And I do think when when companies are looking at creative workplaces, the terms creativity and innovation are oftentimes used interchangeably. How do they differ, though? Well, creativity is more the competence and innovation is more the process. And uh, the competence you can, yeah, you can develop and the process you can follow. Design thinking is currently a well-known theme in the workspace. Is to You start with identifying an opportunity, identifying a problem. Uh, you research it. You find a perfect solution. You work it out. You build it. You test it. And you optimize it until it is optimized. You launch it. So that's really the, uh, the typical process in the innovation. A long time, science always said creativity cannot be studied. It's too complex. It's something people, what makes people unique or makes also organization unique. And in the 70s, that identified this process. There is a process in the creativity. And I think, well, it helps in many contexts to launch something, a new innovation or to solve problems and to, uh, to come to a nice solution. How can you, and I think that's what you're mostly preoccupied with, is how can you stimulate innovation and creativity with spatial design? Yeah, there are many aspects. First of all, you have in uh, creativity, you have the two main phases. One is the divergent phases, and the other one is the convergent phases. Is uh, One is to think really widely, uh, have space in your mind to make new connections, and for space in your mind, you need space in your surrounding. So lots of daylight, uh, high ceilings, Enough room or even going outdoors uh, is the best place to be. Colors like yellow are initiating. Uh, They're related to sun. They give you energy. They're giving you new ideas. When you come to the convergence, when you're working out an idea, you know, when you're researching an idea, you like to come into an intrinsic flow, intrinsic motivation flow. And for that, you like to be in your own cocoon. And then the lower ceilings, uh, the more warm colors, the more the cozy environment is, yeah, is often the preferred place to do that. So that are the two two main things. And there, well, there are many aspects in respect to creating, of uh, stimulating creativity, but it, it depends very much on which phase of the design of the innovation process you are. So that means that like one, if companies were to build like this one creative playground space, whatever, that's actually not enough because it's probably only looking at one stage of the full process. 
do I understand that correctly? The playfulness is a very nice moment when you're in an intrinsic flow, when you're completely focused, it's good to relax and, and play makes you just think about other things. And at that moment, we get space in our brains to make new connections. And it's often under the shower or when you make a walk or when you do a play that all of a sudden this coin is falling and you know the idea, you know the solution to your problem. So the playfulness is good in that that is that you're taking you out of your focus, that you are able to make new connections. It is also very good for the interaction between people. It is proven that teams who do have rituals which are not related to work like um, doing a game, they are more successful as it helps them to get an emotional connection and be more confidential towards each other, which is very important to share knowledge and to work together to, uh, on coming up with new innovations. So playfulness can be good, uh, though there are also moments that you want to get focused, that you want, and it depends also, yeah, we're in the process and what type of personality you are. Certain people are very pleased to be in open spaces with lots of little things which are just tickling your senses, whereas more introvert persons, engineers who want to work something out, they get overtired, so they cannot concentrate them themselves anymore. It depends on the process, depends on your personality. It uh, depends on the context of the culture of the organization you work in. When you have a playful area and your organization is very formal and you try to do something playful, everyone may be looking at you from what you are you're doing so you don't feel confident anymore. Based on the Maslow pyramid is also in the workplace, but also for creativity, you need to feel safe to be able to work well to come up with new ideas. So I do remember in your presentation, you had some really cool examples of the role furniture can play in the creative process and how you can think differently about chairs and tables and these things that support work. Can you share some examples of that here as well? Yeah, there are different aspects I will mention too. One, it's good to change position. When you change your body position, when you stand or sit, or when you view persons from another angle, you are viewing the information also, which is being passed in the conversation, uh, from another angle, which brings you up on new ideas or you're interpreting it in a different way. So having furniture in different, uh, which stimulates different positions to stimulate you also to stand up or to walk and to sit, uh, to take another posture, will also just flow the, uh, the energy, the blood, and will give you new energy in your brain. New. It's also what you see lots at school nowadays. The furniture is so different by taking in different posture. They are learning from and they, yeah, they're learning differently up there, observing, they're digesting the information differently. Another aspect in uh, furniture is that you could, especially when it comes down to uh, having canvas of having whiteboards of having 
places where you can write down your ideas. By writing down your ideas, you do not block your brains. It's not that your brain keeps on thinking, I should not forget this perfect idea. When you write it down, you can get a new flow of ideas in your mind. And at the same time, you're sharing it with others especially so that others can elaborate on it. So you have also the diversity of perspectives from from the group with who you are. The beauty would even be when you make a drawing. When you make a drawing, uh, it allows different interpretations and you never can be angry on a drawing. A word can be, yeah, you, you can be critical about it, but drawing is always sympathetic. And when you are sympathetic, when you're in a positive mood, the flow of ideas, of uh, the way you are, are able to analyze information is far more effective. So that are uh, the, the presence of places where you can just present your ideas or visualize your ideas, but also changing different positions can, uh, can help. There are more in the office uh, place. When you look to tables, a square table is more like it is a decisive meeting. And for creativity, you like more organic forms. It's There are many. There is not one solution. There are many solutions. And it's more democratic. So everyone may participate to make the idea richer approaching it from different angles and then uh, they did different researches and uh, identified for strategic discussions but also for creativity and round table is more successful than in square table well that were three examples would you also say that things need to be adapted based on geographies or for example different industries or does the same principles apply throughout the board The process of creativity, how our brains work, is for everyone more or less the same. Uh, flexibility is a good point in respect to furniture. Is what well, is important that you and it, that is happening also at schools that you can, like an artist, when an artist starts in a studio, it is very neatly, it's very organized, and during the process, it's getting more chaotic for an outsider to view. But the artist very well knows where he has left all his little crumbs of bread, which is leading to the process to the final results. And it is so important that you have the freedom that you can make the place or the, the surrounding, the context, ideal to your process you are in. It's very much, yeah, many researchers also show that Groups who are able to manifest themselves, who are able to change their own uh, surrounding, their own place, are far more motivated, are more committed, are more proud of what they do, which leads to uh, to better results. Uh, so flexibility in mobility as projects are changing and what they also say, well, you should more approach it like a um, uh, film industry. You have a nice idea in new film scene and you're selecting the best people for that and they are making the whole scene according to that story. And at the end of the, the film, you're this assembling everything and you're making a new film. And that's, I think, what will also more and more happen in uh, the workspace that you will be working in teams and a team should be able to make them their own 
team area, their own team zone, especially now and when people are working more from home, people like to go to office when they know who are there. And if people are there, which are important for their own work, so that they can make progress in their work and also that they know where to go to, that they have a fixed place. So when you have a known zone as a project team, you feel more confident of going there. Um, that makes sense to go to work as you will have an interaction with your team members and you can learn from their discussions they have. Yeah. Your prior research focused on how companies can enable culture in their workplace environments. Was that a finding of that as well, that having a place in the space, a dedicated one for teams is important? For building a culture, you need to have a place. We had in the early, uh, in 2000, the new ways of working came in and different companies felt like we could work from home completely. We don't need an office, but that all came back to that. As the main intellectual property of an organization is their social capital. And you can only build up social capital when you have a place. When we have a place, we are where we meet each other, we our brains are working also differently in interpreting the information. We use all our senses. We see the, the body uh, language. We see the, uh, the, the body language not only from the person who is talking, but also from the other ones in the group, how they are reacting on it. You have had an intervention just before that discussion. It may contribute to it. You know in which context it is done. It's all the... 70% of innovation, but also from learning, comes from just non-touched information that is just observing each other, um, using all your senses to feel how someone is reacting, how you as a group are interpreting information. And that makes it, the way you interpret information and how you further create it makes you unique, makes you differently create creative than another organization and that's so powerful and that's part of culture culture is just binding between people it's a relation between people and when we meet each other we have more empathy to each other there's more an emotional connection we also understand in a discussion what emotional meaning is because that's what we bring across by our body language 70 percent is what over by our body language and the more frequently we meet each other the more confidence there is towards each other the better we understand each other so there you have the part of culture so yeah culture is a very powerful aspect for an organization and the office plays a very important role in it just the physical presence together and it's the same as for for the organization as the whole but also for a group Boiling that down, what we talked about, so the cultural part of things and also creativity and innovation in the work settings or like enabling that in the work settings, are there crucial elements or kind of a recipe that you should go by? Well, it's uh, crucial is just the the physical connection between people for the exchange of knowledge, especially nowadays, the Last year, we created more data, more information than all the years before. And the world is so complex and the work is so complex that you have to exchange information. And a physical place that you see, well, everyone is hidden behind their desk, behind their monitor. But when you 
have a physical place where you display, visualize where you're working on, other people can elaborate on it. So you develop the knowledge of an organization. And the physical presence is also when you're working on complex ideas and uh, you often have little questions. And when you're at home, you don't ask these questions to a colleague. But when you're close to a colleague, you put them on the table and also the other colleagues can elaborate on it. So you make it richer. And there are different moments which makes the total project so much knowledgeable a good understanding, but also a good interpretation. We, the last years, we started to use only our brains, but we have our senses, which make sense to life. And we have to use them all to create something new. And child is using all his senses to realize his dream and he gets lots of energy with it. And uh, older people often try to get uh, to use only their brains, but you have to use your your feeling, the smell, the fre- uh, what's the uh, air, what to better understand what's the context it is, so that your brains can work it out in a different way. Uh, it's well, our brains work also differently when we have a physical connection versus a digital connection, and uh, that's so crucial for innovation. It's also for building something. Uh, uh, innovation uh, nowadays, more and more people start to build something three D. When we walk around it, when we view it, we get more into the, the reality context. So we better can foresee does it work or not or where to improve on. And when you put it only on paper, well, you, you forget so many, you have so many blind spots. It will take far longer to get a good, good innovation on the market than when you quickly can just build it and analyze it uh, together. What opportunities do you still see in rethinking future workplace environments and practices? Well, digital will do a big role, uh, bringing you into a scene. We see that nowadays, and it's uh, you can make it even more advanced that where you come with a new project team, that you can create a very cozy environment so that people are quicker connected to each other. When you want to bring them into a future mindset that you have just a virtual reality environment, which brings you into the future. So it brings you out of your normal context and out of your normal context, you come up on new ideas so the digital but also just analyzing data and what you do what for an impact it has on people Uh, so the digital environment will do quite a lot and on the same time we will be looking for the contrast areas and that happened already the last years that people like to step out of an area where digital devices are used that are just only in a non-digital area where they use their own senses and have a real human connection. It's also to relax. So when you're taken by the digital, you're taken into a student scene, but it's good to step out. We, we are nature are human and we feel the best in nature. We are more creative also uh, in nature. We are more effective. We make less mistakes in when being just outdoors. We are more positive. We are more social. We are, we are in green environments. So we remain human people. And we need that to relax and to relax is needed to to be social and to make nice connections, new uh, innovations. That's very nice to hear that uh, scientifically proven kind of, because I always feel like if I'm 
in home office and occasionally I do sit on the balcony to do things, I feel much more productive and happy about things than when I sit inside at the desk. <laughs> so that's really good to hear. I will use that argument in the future. I'm coming to my last two questions. And those are questions that I ask all my guests. And one is, if you could magically solve any workplace problem, what would it be? We very much stick to the context of workplaces. It would be nice when we get more just community places where education, uh, neighborhood and offices are more related to it as little spaces like a campus where you have the different spots with a nice green surrounding uh, where you have an ecosystem where people come in and come out so that you every time get new yeah you learn from each other maybe now is a good time eh, uh, to rethink the whole context now people are more at home and education are more interlinked with offices with the business is uh, yeah uh, when we take in places how we can we make a total community in a green, nice environment, not within all bricks and gray colors. That's a very nice wish. <laughs> and then my very last question is, who else should I have on the podcast? And is there something you would like to ask them? Who else to get on the podcast? Um, <laughs> well, a colleague of me with who I give from time to time presentations uh, and we did also quite some research to social capital we have an whole scan for organizations that we go through a scan of uh, aspects how they can improve their social capital it's more the social interior uh, design how you can yeah, design the social context the social capital and I think there's a very important need nowadays for that uh, and that's Edith Winkler. It's she's also Dutch. That does sound very interesting. So thank you very much, Kitty, for taking the time. It's been really, really interesting. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode of The Workplace Leader, there's more. Go visit our blog and have a look at some of the other topics we have covered. We've just released the Definitive Guide to Workplace Analytics, for instance. Or tune in to our next episode of The Workplace Leader. <laughs>